Today's reading is from Mark chapter 8, verse 31. It's on page 956 of the Church Bibles. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Or what can you give in exchange for your soul? If any of you are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, as we look at this quite challenging passage, help us to see the good news in it. Amen. It is quite a challenging passage this morning. Um, you might be aware the church is this, this time of Lent, and Lent is a time of preparation. Uh, maybe you kind of know some of those discipline that some people choose, you know, I'm not going to eat too much chocolate, or I'm going to stop chocolate or coffee. But of course, it's much, much more than that. It's about giving space to think about what's important in life and the priorities in life. And actually, it's about thinking of life itself. And I think this passage, um, Jesus tells us what is life all about. And he quite challenges us uh, because when you hear the words of Jesus, he usually turns things upside down. And this is the case again in this reading. And so there will be three areas I'm going to look at. First, that for Jesus, the way up is the way down. Secondly, that to find your true self, and that's something quite popular in our society. Who am I? To find your true self... To really live, you need to die, Jesus says, to yourself. You need to hand over yourself to him. And finally, that following Jesus is risky and costly. But not following him is riskier and at the end, more costly. So if you can have the first slide, and I'll let you read it for yourself. Isn't this true of this passage? Actually, we might think, oh, this is hard. Actually, it's quite plain. But it's hard to take in. Does really Jesus mean what he says? And of course, that's what the disciple also thought. That's why in our passage, we have such a strong reaction by Peter. And it all started with a question 
which we haven't read today. But the first question that Jesus asked was a question to his disciple, to his friends and Peter. And that was the question, who do you think I am? Who do the people think I am? And if you have your Bible open on page 956, you will read that word, they respond saying, some say you are John the Baptist coming back to life, or a man called Elijah, which was an, a prophet of all days, and still others think you are a prophet, like someone who speaks of God, someone sent by God to say something very important. Today, of course, people have many ideas of who Jesus was. For many, he was just a man, a good man, a good teacher, some good ideas, and of course, he did change history. He's remembered. Even our calendar reflects that reality. But then Jesus asked the most important question, not who the people think I am, but the second question, who do you think I am? If I can have the next slide. Who do you think I am? And that's very important, because that's question that is asked to all of us and it's an answer that you will need to, um, to find. You need to find the answer. Who is Jesus for you? And then in verse um, 29 Peter says, you are the Messiah. Or the translation says, you are the Christ. In other words, you are the one we were looking for and longing for. They were longing for a person who would free them. But they thought it was a different kind of freedom. They wanted to be free from the Romans, free from oppression. They wanted to rule the world, and they were thinking, Jesus is going to be this man, he's going to be our king, and he's going to rule the world. And we're going to be on the winning side, and all the other ones will be the losers. That's what he had in mind. So... If Peter had been taking a multiple choice exam, he would have gotten an A plus for his answer. Yes, Peter, you're right, I am the Messiah. But if Peter had to write an essay about what it means to be the Messiah, he would have failed miserably. Because in our passage, Jesus starts speaking about sufferings. He said, the Messiah must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. All the religious people of the time, they will reject him. And he must die and be killed. And after three days, rise again. I think they didn't get that bit, the risen again. I think they were just so shocked. And sometimes it happens when you hear something that's just too shocking. You don't hear the rest. That was not the picture they had of a savior. That was not the picture they wanted to hear. The early signs were great. They were with Jesus, and he had done amazing miracles. When he spoke, crowds would come around. They said, we are on the winning side. He is popular. I want to be with him. He would even uh, speak quite sternly against the religious leader. Wow, he's there for justice. Good man. And just in this um, chapter, we hear about 
this great miracle of feeding 4,000 people with just seven loaves of bread. But now Jesus tells them something quite shocking. I must suffer, be rejected, and be killed by the powers of his day. I think you will recognize this uh, little man on the screen, Charlie Brown. He once said, winning ain't everything, but losing ain't anything. And Jesus seemed to say that he was going to lose. Worse, he was inviting his followers to come and lose alongside him. Now this is hard because that's what you choose. You choose Zachary to be part of a disciple of Jesus Christ. So how do we make sense about all this? No wonder Peter wanted to stop Jesus and says, you must be mad. You didn't get it. This is a challenge for all of us. As the church in every generation struggles not only to think, but to live from God's point of view. Because the problem with Peter was that he was thinking from the human point of view, not from God's point of view. God's ways will always challenge and overturn all normal human assumption about power and glory, about what's important in life and in our world. <coughs> and the next picture, the time of the Renaissance in the 16th and 17th century, the Christian church was riding high. It dominated the personal, the social, the political lives of all Europeans. Landscape was dotted with magnificent cathedrals. We can still see them today. The church could even command armies to do its will. Its leaders lived like prince, surrounded by wealth and pomp. But this is what we call the theology of glory. And then when Martin Luther, which we uh, celebrated not long ago, his 300 years, he came along and he said, actually, Jesus speak about the way of the cross. If you want to be my followers, take up your cross and follow me. And the theology of the cross is a way of living that is not telling others, but serving others. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life for others. It means the opposite of being proud of being in a position or a status at the expense of others. And this is very true for me, a minister. It's so easy to start building your identity on your status. But Jesus says, no, if you build that, you, you're going to lose it. This is not what it is all about. You're only there to serve and help others know about God. We often want to be prosperous and strong, successful and influential, but Jesus has other priorities. And so for him, the way up is the way down. He says, whoever wants to follow me, whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. What does it mean to deny itself? C.S. Lewis, who wrote Chronicles of Narnia, with Aslan, the lion, and, uh, and the four children, said this about Christian life, to the question, is Christian life then hard, or is it easy? He said, it's hard as death in the beginning. And then as you hand your life to him, 
to use that same picture um, of the car that needs to wash. When you allow God to be at the driving seat and you accept to be the passenger, this is hard. But when you do that, his life starts to spring from within. He starts changing you. You start seeing things differently. Your priorities of life start changing. And that becomes easy because it's his strength and his presence within you. Jesus is not leading us on a pleasant afternoon hike, but a walk into danger and risk, and that's hard. But he says, I will always be with you. If you decide to invite me in, I will always be with you. Denying oneself does not mean a contrived kind of humility. We do not follow Jesus by demeaning who you are. You are full of skills and abilities, and that's the way God created you. No, we are called to do our very best, but we bring all those talents and skills to him for his service. Yes, it's hard, but on the other side, Jesus also said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, yes, upon you, and learn from me, but I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So while following Jesus might be risky and costly, for me it meant moving from Belgium, you must probably by now heard that my accent is a bit strange, but that was for me what it meant at some point in my life, leaving behind what was comfortable, and moving to another place, learning another language, might not mean for you the same. You might just be in the same place, the same job. But the way you're going to see things might change. It will be risky, and it's a growing process. It's a journey, and that's why we do baptism. Because we start it now, and we send Zachary on his journey of discipleship. A risky and costly journey, full of surprise, but also full of life. Because although it's risky and costly to follow Jesus, Jesus clearly said that it's even riskier and at the end more costly not to do so. So he says in this passage, whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, whoever hands their life to me, will save it. But whoever wants to save their life will lose it. What does this mean? Well, if we want to be in control, if we want to make decisions for our lives without allowing God to shine in our lives, actually we can make our lives very difficult and very stressful. But to allow God to shine in our lives and help us to see the way we should live is liberating. And so he said, what good is for someone to gain the whole world, but yet you lose the very essence of your life, your soul. Being a Christian is not making just a few adjustments in our lives. Jesus here says, being a Christian is give me all. I don't want so much of your time or so much of your money, so much of your work. I want you. No half measures are any good. Hand over all yourself, your whole self, 
your desires, your plans, your thoughts. I will give you, when you do that, a new self. I will give you a new mind, a new way of seeing things. And actually, I will give you myself. My own will will become yours. You will start seeing the world through my own eyes. This is different than just painting a wall. What Jesus wants is he wants to soak our life like a dye in and through. He wants to be part of all of it. So taking your cross and following him, that's the way Jesus called us to be. The way up is the way down. He came not to be served, but to serve. And we are called to serve him and one another. To truly live, you need to give your whole self to God. And finally, while following Jesus is risky and costly, not following him or stopping to follow him is riskier and at the end, more costly. Amen.